Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. Death is a condition that faces us all. But for migrants who came from the mainland in the 1850s and 60s, there was no system in place here for funerals, what to do with their bodies and whether their souls would travel home. In the first of two programmes, Paul Chan, a founder of Walk in Hong Kong, gives me a tour of death and life in Sheng Wan. This story I'm going to tell originally from a tour. The tour is called a Death and Life Tour. So um, during the two hours uh, experience, we are going to visit a few s- uh, spots and elaborate on a range of stories and topics related to death afterlife and funeral related affairs. Um, this tour happened in the um, in, Sh- in Sheng Wan, uh, particularly in the Taiping Shan area. The uh, literally translated as um, area of peace and tranquility. But if you review the history in this area, then it's uh, completely different. It's not the case. And, and it's the best place to talk about death because first, um, it's a long history as the first settlement area of Ch- um, migrant Chinese. And secondly, the high concentration of um, death-related traits uh, in the past. Right now, many of them uh, uh, were given away to more posh cafe, boutiques, uh, and high-end shops. But you can see this area has been once the cemetery ground for, for Chinese, uh, and you'll find loads of coffin shops, paper offering shops, all these um, death-related industry uh, in this area. Yeah. So it's the death and life tour of Walk in Hong Kong with uh, you, Paul Chan. So uh, you've prepared this two-hour walk-around, uh, so here in Shenguan. So we're starting off in a small park, uh, and that's the Hollywood Road Park. Why do you start the tour off here? Yeah, it's very logical to start here because um, we just passed by um, Possession, Possession Street, uh, which marked the uh, place where the British fleet land on Hong Kong and raise a Union Jack in Hong Kong and say that uh, we, um, Hong Kong belongs to us uh, back in the year 1841. And what relates to this topic is that after the uh, British uh, occupy or like, colonize Hong Kong, the Shenhua area and this area has been the first designated um, settlement area for migrant Chinese. But we have to contextualize the whole thing. Uh, basically, it's a um, kind of ethnic um, segregation. Um, so um, so for all the Westerners, Eurasian, um, uh, uh, the Brits, they live in the area in, in central and also in the mid-levels. But for the migrant Chinese, basically they were cramped in, in this area. And also the mainland Chinese um, underwent or encountered a wave of political turmoil. And therefore Hong Kong received an influx of immigrants from, uh, from Canton and also from uh, Fujian. That, that influx being when? In the year 1850s, uh, 60s, and our population multiplied by fourfold within, within a decade. And basically they were uh, crammed, crammed, crammed in in area. Uh, right now we are standing in the Hollywood Road Park, right now a very nice park. Um, back in several decades ago, it's a playground for, for grassroots Hong Kong. But if we even, if we rewind further um, our history, uh, we are in this standing in the in the tip of a large cemetery area. If you go to the land department and take out a map uh, of this area in the in 1850s, then actually you'll find a large area uh, which uh, will mark the Chinese cemetery area. But a cemetery is good, too good a name because um, basically basically all these corpses or body parts were casually strewn and and buried in this in this area. For the wave of migrant Chinese, they're mostly single. Uh, without any family support. And at that time, the Hong Kong life expectancy was low. Basically, the social and welfare and medical service was were inadequate. 
And if you, many people simply died, um, died on the streets, uh, lying dead, and no one take care about the the body parts. And if you, if a migrant Chinese died at home, um, their um, their homeowner will simply throw the body. Oh, that's so colours. Yeah, on the on the streets. So right now, um, for present day, all these um, cremation or funeral related affairs strangely fall under the Department of Food and Environmental Hygiene. Yeah. Uh, quite strangely, but if we if we look back in history. Um, these uh, body parts or the, the, the issue of handling these corpses indeed pose a huge environmental hygiene uh, issue here. And another cultural uh, disposition or cultural value for the complicated issue, the, for, for, for mainland China, for Chinese, um, it's quite deeply entrenched value that if we die away from a home, it's the ultimate misery in your life. So for all these uh, migrant Chinese, they, when, they know, when they knew that they are going to die, they want someone to take care uh, after their death. So, but basically no one, um, the, the colonial government would have no, simply had no mechanism or system to deal with the cops, let alone the, um, the mental or spiritual part of these migrant Chinese. The, um, it's so disheartening or so distressing to, to the Chinese community and therefore the Chinese elites come up with a very innovative solution or very important solution which uh, I'm going to talk about it in the next spot. <laughs> okay I'm talking to Paul Chan of Walk in Hong Kong on the death and life tour uh, that's a two-hour tour, two tour around uh, Shenwan. We're heading out of Hollywood Road Park. Paul where are you taking me next? Um, we're, going, we're going to a temple uh, which is called uh, literally called Hundred Surname Temple and um, all the settings uh, suggest it's a temple. You'll find the incense. Um, they are worshiping a god, which is called a ji 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 gong, basically a deity, um, being um, original a beggar, but being deified um, by our community. But if we look back to um, to the history or development of this um, hundred standing temple, um, all the outer red bricks, all the outer outer wall were, were later addition, and the heart. Of this temple was indeed uh, in the chamber, in the chamber, deep inside the deep inside the um, the temple. We need to go upstairs. To Are we allowed in? Yeah, allowed. The original name of this temple is called Kuang Fuk Ancestral Hall. So this is a place for worship your your ancestors. It was built by the local gentry and um, Chinese elites um, back in the year 1850s. It was completed in 1856. This ancestral hall offers Chinese medicine uh, medicine service. So if you if you're sick, then uh, people will come to here. But it offers another important service for Chinese people, especially the dying dying Chinese. They, uh, if you know that you are going to die, make sure you come to here and die here because if you. Uh, if you're dying, the staff here will document your name, your place of origin, and put all this information in a record and in a wooden tablet. So if you really die, they'll put the wooden tablet in a hall and place it and display here. So if your, um, your descendants or your relative um, could not hear you um, back in their hometown and know that something bad happened uh, to you in Hong Kong, what, what will you do? They'll, they'll come to here and go to check the records. And if they really find the, the death records of your relatives or parents, then they would uh, they'll be allowed to take away that wooden tablet 
and uh, take away home. And that is um, serves a symbolic value that um, your soul um, went back to the to your hometown. So the heart of this temple was that chamber with three uh, three walls and up, uh, lined with all these wooden tablets. So yes, we're along uh, Taiping San Street, which is a, a wonderful place to come for a walk around anyway. There's a, an element of old Hong Kong. We're about to enter the temple and above me are... I would say probably tens, if not hundreds, of uh, incense coils. So we're just heading up the steps. The outside, you see all the red, um, all the red brick, uh, later edition. And this um, this picture is taken in the 60s. Okay, so you find that we need to walk, and then the, the temple is the same exactly. Yeah, and this and this hall, this ancestral hall, has been uh, completed in 1856. So uh, it's more than 150 years. Okay, and we are heading inside. So on your tour, you actually not only show what's currently here, but you, you'll show the people coming along with you yeah. old photos of how it used to look. Yes. So can you describe what's happening with the young family in front of us? Um, well, they are... Oh, let me see. They're worshipping the, um, the god here and probably, probably um, hope to get the blessing. Probably got the blessing. Um, from the from the got to their young babies, um, the the husband carrying his, their their young baby. Yeah, it's a it's a um, this place a very or popular popular place for couples to get the to get the blessing uh, for for their sons and for their for their, for their, their sons and daughters. So um, the, yeah. and the god here is um, it's it's called Ji Gong. Yeah, uh, in his lifetime as a beggar, but he do many uh, he did many good things. And after he died, people worship him, and eventually, um, this um, this personality personality of being uh, was being deified yeah, and become uh, become a popular god, um, popular god or like semi god in in um, in Chinese, especially the southern Chinese um, religious beliefs or folklore beliefs. So we're just going round towards the back of the temple. Yeah. So yes, it's interesting coming into here because I've. Seen the temple from the outside with all the coils, mm. but I didn't know about the wooden tablets at the back. Yeah, and did not many Hong Kong people knew about the uh, the existence of these of this chamber. Um, to some visitors, um, they find it rather well spooky, I would say, because um, if you if you're here, then you know that you'll be surrounded by by wooden tablets, some with uh, some without photos, but some with um, the old, uh, the photos of the of the deceased. So you could see that for those without photos, um, it's a properly older one, and for the for the one with photos, then it's a it's a new one. So um, as I mentioned earlier, how it, how how the whole system function? Uh, if you come here and you spot um, the your your ancestors, then you can actually contact the the staff here and uh, arrange to get back the get back the wooden tablets. So. Basically, we're standing here. I, this, this is one of my most favorite places in Hong Kong because yeah. simply by standing here, then you can you can feel the weight of history, um, how the migrant Chinese uh, went through the misery, yes. yeah, and also you can uh, you can understand the uh, how the Chinese community perceived benevolence. Um, it's not only confined to like medical service or LD service. The, we simply stretch these concept beyond afterlife. And we we even take care about the rest, uh, restless spirits in the, in the community, which to me is quite remarkable. And we are talking about uh, we are talking about the time frame 150 years ago. Yeah. So this is um, I, I'm really fascinated by this 
by this president. Um, and it somehow re- compelled to develop this tour yes. just because of this site. Well, no, Paul, thank you so much for sharing this with me. I mean, looking around, you've got hundreds of these uh, little wooden tablets, some with photos, as he said, and some with very old photos as well. So it really is a piece of history that we're looking at. And these would have been taken back by relatives uh, to southern China for these migrants who had come either through Hong Kong or were working in Hong Kong and had died here and uh, would then be taken back to their home villages, hopefully, so that their spirit could, could rest there. But how is it regarded then, the ones that we're looking at, the ones that have remained here and haven't been, are these all tablets that haven't been claimed? Yeah, uh, yeah, all of them were, uh, were not claimed here. Um, so is the idea then that, those, that, that their spirit is now resting here? Uh, yes, uh, they, they're probably buried in Hong Kong. Um, of course, you can't, um, at that time, you can't uh, take back the corpse. Of your of your ancestors, and therefore um, you just get the you just get the tablet. And for I think most of them has been here for decades. And are these, uh, you know, the the yeah, it's quite a, a little museum in itself. It it's a, it shows a certain era of Hong Kong's mm-hmm. history as well with these migrants coming over. But um, also in terms of the temple itself, does it still provide any kind of service like that or is it now being taken over by other services? Um, right now they stop this service because it's um, no longer like, somehow obsolete, I, yeah. I, I would say. But um, as I talk to the management, um, this managed by Tonghua Hospital right now, um, um, descendants still come to here and manage to claim back the tablet uh, up till the 90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah they still um, they still have descendants visiting this temple and um, contact the contact the, the staff uh, uh, in in 90s. My thanks to Paul Chan of Walk in Hong Kong on the Death and Life Tour in Sheng Wan. Paul will actually be giving this tour on the December the 13th. If you'd like to get the details of the tour, they're available on their website at www.walkin.hk. Next week, he takes me to a coffin shop as we continue the tour. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.